In the 1960s, 95% of the clothing Americans bought made right here in America. Now, 97% is made overseas. That is a complete and total reversal of what we had in America. We don't make anything anymore, and that's about to really bite us in the butt. Few years ago, there was a factory that was going to shut down in North Carolina, and it was a clothing factory, one of the few left in America. And the guy who started um, American Giant couldn't see that happen. He was like, "This, this, we we can't do this." So he bought the factory. He worked with the uh, factory workers. He bought new equipment, brought it in, brought old equipment from America that did things like make the best sweatshirts uh, ever in America brought them back from where they had been sold to over in Japan and now they're American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Go there. Find great American clothing made all here in America. America-Giant.com slash Glenn. to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to Friday. Great show coming up for you in just a second. First, if I may tell you about our uh, sponsor this half hour, it's Relief Factor. What do you do when you're in so much pain that you can not only do the necessary things in the house, but you can't sleep at night half of the time? That was the situation Dawn found herself in. She'd been a hairstylist for years, and she developed so much pain in her hands and her feet and her back so bad she couldn't sleep through the night most of the time. One day, she heard me talking about Relief Factor while listening to the program. Within a few weeks of starting to take it, she says all of her pain was gone. She no longer uh, uh, feels the pain that she had. She says the longer she takes Relief Factor, the better she feels. Don got her life back. I got my life back. Will you just try it? Three-week quick start is $19.95. It's not working for you in three weeks. It's probably not going to work for you. So just try it for three weeks. Take it as directed at relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com or call 800, the number four, relief. Get the $19.95 three-week quick start. Again, it's relieffactor.com or call 800, the number four, relief. Feel the difference. So... I have, uh, <laughs> I've had kind of a fun week. If you've been listening uh, all week, you know, I, I've been a little, little on the edge, little on the edge to the point to where, I don't know, maybe I want to spend my life as a dog, you know, dog's life. It's very popular. I'll show you in a few minutes what's, oh, what's happening with people who want to identify as a dog. Um, that is finally, we've gotten to the civil rights program uh, gotten it to the place to where we can finally say what needs to be said. People can choose to be dogs. Um, but I've been, uh, 
I watch the news and I watch for things that the average person doesn't necessarily watch for. If you read my daily email newsletter, which is free every day, you can get it at glenbeck.com. If you read that, you see things that um, media is not talking about, even conservative media not talking about. And when you start to piece all these puzzle pieces together, you see a pretty bleak picture. And we are at a place where the die has been cast, the Rubicon has been crossed, and we're here. And it is a battle. We are at war. We're in a spiritual war primarily. And too many of us don't even know what that means anymore. But we are not fighting flesh and bone. We are fighting evil, true evil. And the longer we wait, the stronger evil will become. The longer we, the longer we wait, uh, the more chance it comes to blows. And that will be the death of the republic and the death of the American um, you know, the American experiment, it will be over. And I don't know about you, but I am, I'm, I have children. I have four. I have grandchildren. I have two. And I'm desperate for them to live a full, happy, comfortable life. Even if it means I give my life or I give up all that I have so they can have and we overuse freedom and liberty. Nobody knows what that is. So they have opportunity. Opportunity. That's all I want them to have. Honestly, it has been a very tough battle. And I know you feel the same way. I've at least had the luxury of... I was going to say fame and fortune, but fame is a curse. Uh, and so is fortune in many ways. But it, I mean, it's a nice way to go. If you're going to go to hell, it's a nice way to go uh, with fortune. Um, but I've had a much more comfortable life. It's easier for me to think than it is probably for many in our audience because they are, you know, they have the daily bills bearing down on them all day. So we all have our own things that we're carrying through. We've all been, you know, injured. We've all been foolish. And we've also been blessed enough to do some things that will prepare us. I've been sued. I so far haven't been arrested, but, you know, I don't know what's going to happen next. I, I you know, the, the, when they're arresting just anybody, when they can arrest attorneys for giving somebody advice that's not illegal we you know we don't know what's going to happen next i have worked hard to serve the constitution i've worked hard to serve my fellow man i have served my god and i can't even say to the best of my ability but i have tried and moment, you know, momentarily, occasionally, once in a while, I forgive myself for being proud of what I have created because I didn't create it. I was allowed an opportunity in America. God gave me certain abilities, and I'm a lucky man. I'm a blessed man. 
still, with all of that going on, we have to realize where we are right now. I've always talked to you about we're on a highway and we're passing the exit signs and the bridge is out. Well, we are now, you know, that point in the movie where they're on a bridge and uh, it's either open or there's no way out and all the cars are coming up behind them and they're going to be killed by the bad guys. And they're like, what do we do? We're at that moment right now. What do we do? We are in what possibly is the final battle for the American way of life, the American truth, justice, and the American way. I don't really care if we're a poor nation. I really don't. I don't want to be a poor nation. I don't want to have poverty. But I do believe that we have been so misguided, we have lost our way so expertly that we have put all of our, our belief that what America is, is about success, money, ease, an abundance of food. We don't have to work hard. And that's not true. It's just not true. As we advance as a species, are we any better than the people that came before us? Are we any better than those who we say we stand against their principles? We fight with words. We fight with votes. And God blessed with politics. But we don't fight alone. I couldn't say this to you three years ago, four years ago. Because we were still putting our faith in one man in the office of the president of the United States. And I think still too many people are doing that. But I know today that I'm not fighting this alone. I'm fighting this with you. We're fighting this battle with parents that will stand up. So many parents won't say anything. They'll say it privately. They'll say it to their neighbors. They'll say it to somebody else in the school board meeting. But when it comes time to stand up, they don't want their children to have any problems at school. They don't want to be a pariah in the, network, in the neighborhood. But I'll tell you right now, I know there are parents all over this country that are standing up. There are moms all over this country, moms for liberty. They're conservative. They're independent. Even some of them are Democrat. A lot of them are that are seeing the insanity in our schools. I personally am waiting for more teachers to join us. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the teachers who don't believe in pedophilia and Marxism to stand up and say, I reject my union. We need some courage there, gang. I mean, unless you're with Marxists and pedophiles and child mutation, you know, mutilation, you know, go ahead. But then I oppose what you believe. Because I am for children being children. I am for children having innocence in their childhood. I am for children being safe from predators. And I know we fight with doctors by our side. 
There are doctors all over the country that is that are against this and standing up and risking their license to stand up and say, no, no mutilation of children. No, you don't have to take the vaccine. No, you should be able to consult with your doctor. And if you have a different treatment that you want to try, you should be able to try it. They're doctors who know first do no harm. Scientists. The scientists that are standing up that know that science is based on provable fact and that science is always wrong until new fact or or only right until new facts come along, which makes the old science outdated and wrong. Scientists that know that the military industrial complex wasn't all that eisenhower warned about he warned about the military industrial complex becoming so big that it can control congress that we would be in never-ending wars but he also warned us about education getting into bed with the government and training a whole new generation to be slaves of an out-of-control government he warned of a scientific complex where our scientists would no longer be able to think individually because so much of the study would be funded by the government, which was looking for answers that they wanted. When we fight today, we fight with the scientists who know that and will stand up and say, no, this is wrong. And there's lots of them. Today, we fight against the mainstream media. But we're fighting in a different way. We used to have to fight them with every fact and everything else. Now with the new media, something that when I started The Blaze 12 years ago, people said I was insane. This would never work. You can't get past the mainstream media and the big networks. And yet we did it. And look what has spawned from that. Now we are fighting with the voice of a new media. Where soon, and I mean very soon, the mainstream media has to answer to us. We are no longer in a position to where we have to answer to them. We have to say what they are charging and then, you know, uh, prove them wrong. Instead, they're going to be in the position very soon where they have to prove us wrong. And that is taken a toll on so many people in the media that got out and risked everything and came to the new media and they're still coming we're now fighting with actors and actresses and writers and directors and gaffers and cinematographers and stage people that have had enough of the insanity that are now coming to something even newer than the new media, and that is the new Hollywood, for lack of a better term. We have seen amazing advances from the Jesus Revolution to the Chosen. Those are not low-quality conservative films. That is the highest quality. And we're now making inroads to distribution. Once we have full distribution, the whole world changes. We fight with Mike Lee. 
We fight with father and son, Ran and Ron Paul. We fight with Chip Roy and Ted Cruz. We fight with the members of the uh, Freedom Caucus. And there are many others in Washington, in Congress, in the Senate, that are actually fighting. We are also fighting with others in Washington, like whistleblowers. Have you noticed the number of whistleblowers? And we also fight with people who are silently standing in place, not abandoning their posts and trying to protect what they can from the inside. We fight for the rule of law, the Constitution. We fight for the rights of all mankind. We fight with posts on Facebook and X and Instagram, blah, 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 a hundred other places. We get to raise our flags. We fight it every day at a gun range. We fight it when we buy the hunting license at Cabela's. In our hearts, we know we, we don't care about the stupid bear, the black bear, the deer. In our hearts, we actually have compassion for these animals and we take their life to feed our families. It's not a sport where we kill them and leave them on the side, as the media would have you believe. It's not brutal and grotesque. That's why we go to the firing range, because we have a responsibility, if we're going to hunt, to take the animal down in one shot. We have a responsibility to, if we carry a gun and we're seeing a crime and people in danger, that we pull our gun out and we don't get other people killed, including ourselves. We care about being outdoors. We care about the land. We care about the timber. We care about the smell of pine and how cold the waterfall is coming off a glacier. We care about these things. Let me finish here in just a second. I've got to take one minute just to tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's Rough Greens. Uh, imagine pizza without any topping. Imagine a big helping of mashed potatoes, no gravy. Imagine an ice cream, uh, an ice cream cone without the cone, just something sitting in your hand. Ice cream cones without second scoops. That is depressing. I'm telling you, that's what we're doing with our dogs. Now, imagine none of that had any nutritional value either. Didn't have vitamins, minerals, didn't have things that were alive in it, like probiotics. That's what you're giving your dog when you give him kibble food. So I know I have done research and I thought I was doing right by my dog by feeding him the best kibble food out there. But kibble food is dead food. It's all cooked out. Everything has to be sterilized. Well, that means all the good vitamins, minerals, probiotics, all of these things are cooked out of your food for your dog. That's why there's Rough Greens. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black came up with this to put all of that stuff back into your kibble food. So it's not a dog food. It's something you sprinkle on your dog's food, and it really makes a difference in their life. Get your first trial bag for free. You just pay for shipping at roughgreens.com slash Beck. That's roughgreens.com slash Beck. Free trial bag. Just pay for shipping. 833-GLENN-33. 833-GLEN-33. Do it now. 10 seconds. Station ID. Why do you think Yellowstone is such a popular show? 
why do you think Yellowstone is pop? Is it because the actors are good looking? Is it just the acting or how tough Cole Hauser is? Or is it become is because most Americans that watch that show are yearning for a time that makes sense? And while that show doesn't make sense legally at all, that that show does reflect some justice. That's what this show is. Maybe they don't know this in New York, San Francisco, but in Idaho Falls, in Wyoming, in Nevada, they know it. Sorry, New York, but out in Texas, we kind of laugh at you. We actually are beginning to feel bad for you. I mean, not for your politicians, but we're starting to feel bad and wonder, when are you going to get it? All of your problems are caused by the people you keep voting for. Are you really this in the dark about reality? You made this movie, Don't Look Up, as if it was a statement. And honestly, we all just laughed. I mean, we laughed at that attempt. That was ridiculous. Are you this oblivious? I mean, nice try, but wow, what an embarrassing miss. The fact that you're genuinely not embarrassed on how foolish you look and how you are standing with pedophiles and gender mutilation and drag queens with children that you 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 don't take into account any of the things that went on with the coronavirus you you think we can still spend and spend and spend and the biggest threat is a government shutdown i mean it is embarrassing it's amazing your science is so bad it's barbaric you have been bought and sold by eisenhower's promise and the fact that you don't know that this is the way it is it's part and parcel of why your arguments have the the valued of dried jackalope poop. And for those of you in New York, jackalopes are a fierce, fierce animal. I kill them just for sport, and I mount their heads on trophy plaques and hang them above my toilet at my ranch. And I mean that. Jackalopes, they're fierce, and everyone should kill them. But you may not understand the jackalope uh, invasion that we've had in most of the country so I understand now maybe we're the fools but I don't think so more in a minute the Glenn Beck program our sponsor uh, is um, my pillow I come on this program every day and I talk to you about the news of the day politics scandals you know all that jazz but I feel like I have to be honest. The truth is, I'm really only here to talk to you about my pillow. That's it. I mean, we've tried to hide it by making it only a one-minute commercial. But that's really my passion. Is you know, I have my priorities. Uh, right now, they have all kinds of things, including their percal sheets. Which who doesn't love a great sheet of percal? 
seriously and they're available in a variety of colors and sizes all included in the closeout sale the queen size sheet regular retail for 90 bucks they're now available for just 35 when you use the promo code beck the percal sheets are breathable they have cool and crisp feel you're gonna love them fit over any mattress incredibly durable just go to mypillow.com click on the radio listener special square get my pillow percal sheets for as low as 25 bucks for a twin set 35 for a queen. It's mypillow.com or 800 966 3117. Don't forget to use the promo code Glenn for $10 off your subscription at blazetv.com. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. It is Friday. Just want to get some things off my chest. And I want to speak for myself, but I don't think I'm alone in all of this. You know, we, we look at we look at the left and I'm 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 really starting to have empathy for not those on the left, but our friends and our neighbors and our family that have been so misled and and don't see what honestly I think you and I see that. The Democrats and the Republicans, they both suck. And they're all they're doing is pitting us against each other so they can do whatever it is they want to do. And they're destroying families. They're destroying our economy. They're destroying the American way of life. I mean, maybe we're the fools, but I don't think so. We sit on these ancient sacred documents and the ideas that they hold, the ideas that were embraced by our founders that come from Judeo-Christian scriptures. They, they embedded all of that stuff in our mission statement and our constitution, the Declaration of Independence. You know, the one so-called college professors told you were evil or a joke or whatever bullcrap pejorative they tried to impress you with. It is hard to believe that the average of $160,000 in college debt, the average person, they now want that debt to be forgiven. Why? Because it wasn't worth it. Of course it wasn't worth it. It hasn't been worth it for a long time. We, were, we bought into the lie that you can't be successful in America without a certificate. That certificate means nothing. It is the knowledge that you get. And they haven't been teaching true knowledge or, or, or eternal truths or science. They have been teaching ideology. Well, that's not going to help you do anything in life. You're going to be a better engineer, a better architect, a better rocket scientist, because you know that a woman is unidentifiable come on i mean idiots teach idiocy and that's a route that squares 100 percent of the time this is not an advertisement for hillsdale college but i mean if you're sending your kids to ucla or nyu well good luck with that may the lord bless you and keep you you know wyoming has some nice schools as well On the fields of Concord and Lexington, our forebears stood. And they were just 
They, they weren't anything but average people. In fact, Lexington and Concord, those were people that went to one particular church. They all got together in their church and, and the pastor said, look, don't, we don't want trouble. We don't want trouble, but this is not going to stand. And they were just normal people that believed in God and believed in peace and justice. They wore wool. They carried muskets. Literally, the freedom carried in their hands and somebody fired. Either a man brave or a man scared. But that was the beginning of unlocking freedom of the entire world. The shot heard around the world. And American independence over time exploded into reality. And the world has never been the same because of it. And look, I understand. Wow, have we screwed this up. You know why? Because we forgot our responsibility as citizens. We just go into a voting booth and we're like, I don't know how many times, be honest with yourself, because you don't have to confess this to any, anybody, but how many times have you gone in and voted and like, I don't know, uh, that one, um, that person, I like their name. How many times have you done that? How many times have you voted for something that you didn't even know what it meant? And congratulations to you because you're one of the people that actually showed up to vote. How do you expect to keep a free republic where people rule themselves when we we don't inform ourselves? We no longer even look for truth. We look for somebody to tell us the truth. We screwed up. We get it wrong sometimes. And wow, yes. Wow, we get it wrong. Is, is America responsible for some of the worst atrocities humans have ever inflicted on each other? Well, I don't know. I'd like to say no, but, you know, hey, let's, you know, let's uh, just ask the great-great-grandsons of slaves. You know, how do you think your great-great-grandfather felt about America? Ask the Mormons how they felt about being driven out of Ohio by United States Federal Army troops. Did you know that? Ask the Indians walking the Trail of Tears. Yeah, but I, I'm against the Washington Redskins. Oh, shut up, you uninformed boob. What's it going to take for us to wake up and, and just start to discuss like adults reality? I mean, we've done some bad things. We have. But maybe that 60% of global charity per the Red Cross, 60% of all charity in the world comes from America, despite only being 10% of the population. Oh, we are so bad, aren't we? Maybe our government is from time to time, but we are not our government. We are good, decent people who are trying to create a more perfect union. And we currently have a government that is not trying to provide for the common defense, a.k.a. the border. And they are not spreading and doing what's right for domestic tranquility. 
We're such a bad place because, I guess, we produce 70% of the world's energy supply. 70% of the world's energy supply. Did you know that less than 5% of our population lives in poverty by UN standards? 5%, less than 5% of everybody living in America lives in poverty compared to the average of 22% in the next 20 countries by GDP. It goes from 5 to 22%. Well, we have just too much. Yeah, you know what that you know what that shows me? That shows me why we have so much time to be pissed off about why that person over there wants to be a dog and wants the rights as a human to be a dog. Cuz you have no real problems. And the rest of the world is looking at us with disgust. We have errors. We have scars, some of them unfathomable. How did we enslave blacks in the 1800s? How did we go and put, put the Japanese in internment camps just a few years, not even 100 years after the Civil War? Some of our parents or grandparents were alive when we incarcerated the Japanese people. We did that. We have to... Uh, uh, own up to it but owning up to it means nothing if you don't learn the lesson to be able to prevent it from happening again have you even seen come see the paradise the movie empire of the sun or the 2000 women if you haven't please do with my recommendation I don't raise my fist in anger. I don't. I work really hard trying not to be angry, but my job pisses me off all the time. I raise my fist in righteous might. For I put on the armor of God and I know others are doing it all across the nation. The armor of God's blessing on this nation. If we return to being a righteous nation. He will bless us. Our houses, our families. Be good. Do the next right thing. Do everything you can to fight your anger. But stand up. For the love of your family, of our faith, of our children, of our land, stand up and be unmovable. And the only way you can be unmovable is if you know what you are chained to. You know where your foundation is. And our foundation is the Judeo-Christian values. Our foundation is built on that our cornerstone is the declaration of independence and the constitution if you don't know the bible learn it study it go broke if you have to but find the time to know it because it is your weapon of best defense
If you don't know the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, know it, learn it, live it, teach it, share it. And be virtuous as a daily task. I know you may not think that you're forgivable, that you, you're too far gone, that life has no meaning, that you have no purpose, but I'm here to tell you, you do. You are worth it. You are redeemable. You are here for a reason. I don't know what that reason is. Some days I don't know what my reason is. But aim true. Aim small. Miss small. We survive this with two things. Three. A lack of anger and fear. That's number one. You will never make a good decision if you are afraid or angry Two, each other we do not make it without each other and the last most importantly we do not make it without adherence to the almighty God that created the heavens and the earth the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob we will not make it unless we turn back to him go to church i can't tell you how many times i go to church i don't like going to church i hate going to church until i get to church and then i'm there and i'm like i can't believe i had to get up so early and go to church and then i'm there and somebody says something and i'm like oh thank you for that answer this weekend get your butt out of bed and go to church I don't care what your religion is. Well, I do. I mean, if you're in the Satanist thing, it's probably a bad idea. But worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and learn how to worship and to give thanks for all that we have. Our sponsor. Sponsor this half hour is Legacy Box. Look, I am a, you know, self-made historian. I love history. I collect history. I preserve history. The preserving part is the most important part. Tomorrow there is something that I want to buy, and I'm just out of money to buy it. It's uh, it's the uh, the glove that uh, I can't remember the name of the um, astronaut when he landed on the moon. It was his glove. You cannot buy a spacesuit. And I am trying to preserve anything and everything I can from NASA and the moon missions because people are going to believe that we never went to the moon. And unfortunately, they're thinking this thing's going to go for $300,000 and my wife won't talk to me anymore. So I got to pass it up. But in the meantime, I'm doing everything I can to preserve history. And one of the things I've done is preserve my own history, my family history. That's where you come in. You have got to protect the story of our lives through pictures and videos. People someday will not believe that we had the freedom that we have. Most people that are born you know, after or right before 9-11, they have no idea what America was really like. 
And I have no idea what America was really like because I was born in 64. Pictures, photographs, memories, uh, videotapes, preserve them with Legacy Box. Go to Legacy Box right now. Legacybox.com slash Beck. You'll save 40% off when you get started with them. Uh, get all of your videotapes, your camcorder tapes, VHS, all of your pictures. They will take them by hand and digitize them right here in America. Then send back all of the originals plus the digitized version on a thumb drive or the cloud. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Beck. Save 40% now. LegacyBox.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. Yeah, let's say hello to Mr. Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed, who is uh, filling in for the stew, uh, stew part of the program, which, uh, wow, um, I mean, that doesn't, doesn't require you to bring a lot to the table today, <laughs> Pat, you know what I'm saying? I do. Uh, yeah, I do. Know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So far, and I think I've been stellar, though, you probably should a few days right? off. Oh, you've yeah. been incredible. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Incredible. Did yeah. I read that 10-second yeah, tease better than it's ever been read? I, I think I did. I, you I think know I what? nailed and, it. And I couldn't have done it. You I'm know. glad we're paying no, you to come on the show because <laughs> right? I couldn't have done it myself. There's no way you <laughs> yeah. could have handled that. No way. Yeah, no. I needed you. No, I needed <laughs> to pay you to sit in that seat so you could yes. read eight seconds. Uh, oh, I, think it was, it was a, I think it was ten. I think it was ten full seconds. Oh, well, you see you there. You yeah. go going the extra mile, and it yeah. was amazing. And, and I, I made it why seem like only eight, which is, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> back program. <laughs> Rough Greens is our sponsor. Pat, do you feed that little rat thing that you have? <laughs> our precious little morky dog? Yes. Yes, I do. I yeah, morky. They're it. so cute. Yes. And uh, she loves it. And she loves it. So a bag must last her for like maybe by one per lifetime. Yeah, seven years, uh, I think. She, uh, so, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. She's so cute. And uh, <laughs> just not your dog, but. Uh, <laughs> And you've seen a difference because I saw one in Uno. Do you see a difference? Oh yeah, she's feeding rough greens, friskier like she when she was a puppy, and plus she just won't eat it's her crazy. food without without rough greens sprinkled on top of it. I know. She's like, All right, uh, it's where's really the rest? amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, roughgreens.com slash Beck. Call 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-33. Get your first bag of Rough Greens free just to try out with your dog. Uh, you just pay for the shipping. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Uh, call them now at 833-GLENN-33. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 
Hello, America. It is Friday. And I have some good news for you coming up in just a second. Stand by. Uh, First, our sponsor is Relief Factor. Haven lives in Texas, and she takes Relief Factor for her shoulder and lower back pain. When her husband started having pain in his back and his hip, she convinced him, just try it. Like me, her husband, you know, was like, it's not going to work. He kept telling her that it wasn't working day after day. He would take it. But just to make her happy, boy, have I been there, brother, on this. But day after day, he'd claim there was no difference until the day he ran out. And that's when he found out, holy cow, this is working. When he realized the pain hadn't, it just had been just slowly fading over a month. He hadn't been paying close enough attention to it. He just thought, maybe I'm just getting a little better. Came back. It came back after he started taking it. He started taking Relief Factor again. He said... Relief Factor just works. Three-week quick start. Just try it for three weeks. See if you are exactly the same uh, as Haven and her husband. Now, get your life back. It's relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800, the number four, relief. Get started, 1995. Three-week quick start, relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. So, Pat, I have some uh, I have some good news. I have some good news, um, you know, mm. and some bad news. First of all, I think, you know, Canada is so lost mm. in their way. We we are trying to get a guy on from prison in Canada who was um, was sentenced to prison. I think two years in prison because he told his daughter, you're 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 not a boy. You're not a boy. And you should not take all these hormones. Please don't do this. And the uh, courts in British Columbia sentenced him uh, to two years in prison for not affirming her gender. Isn't that crazy? Oh, it's unbelievable. Two years. Unbelievable. So we, we mm. tried to get a hold of him, and he has a gag order. And he can't talk to us because... Mm. I, I guess if he talks to us, you know, he can lengthen his sentence because he's not mm. supposed to talk to anybody. This is so insane. This is gulag stuff. Yeah. You also have uh, so many people. I can't remember. It's I don't want to even quote a number because I, I can't remember for sure. But there's a lot of people that were killed up in Canada this year with euthanasia because of depression. They just didn't feel it was worth living. And so the doctor said, well, you can I can help you kill yourself. And they did. Mm-hmm. And they did. Yeah, it's teenagers. It's, I mean, yeah, it's something like uh, I they killed a lot of people. Um, uh, it was the assisted murder that's legal, of course. Suicide. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it, it seems like the number is I don't know. Yeah, like you, I, I don't remember the exact number, but I, I'm pretty sure the number of those who were not uh, who didn't have something life threatening was 128 that didn't have to die that did not that were not terminally ill so they'll they'll put you down like you're a dog uh even if you are not terminally ill in canada it's it's really something well i resent that comment about dogs but like a dog canada for just a second yeah Mm -hmm. here's some good news out of canada in Canada, it is getting dangerous 
to speak out against the government. I mean, I can't believe mm-hmm. I'm saying these things, but it's getting different. It is getting difficult to speak out. Let me show you a video. If you happen to be watching, I'll describe it. Uh, if you're not watching Blaze TV or on Pluto, but here is the video of Canadians marching in the streets in Ottawa. There are thousands now marching in the streets and they're protesting gender ideology in the schools. They're chanting, no more silence, leave our kids alone. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. We, uh, We have had such a good job done on us in the United States with the FBI that nobody wants to march in the streets anymore. And I think that's a problem. You know, but how do you know who you're marching with? How do you know who you're marching with? Anyway, there is also another big uh, rally that happened in Berlin. And, um, well, this one might be, well, I think it's good news. I think it's actually good news. Um, Finally, people who identify as dogs are gathering together to fight for their rights. There's a clip of hundreds of people, Germans, who identify as dogs as they gather in Berlin. Now, normally I would say this is ridiculous, but remember, it's Germany. Those are German mm-hmm. shepherds. Those are badass dogs sitting right there. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Uh, And they'll round you Mm -hmm. up. They'll round you up. They'll make sure you don't get out of any, you know, I'm not a dog. You know, I don't believe you're actually a dog kind of camp that the Germans will eventually build. Um, But, uh, you know, that's uh, a growing trend now. People Mm. just want to be a dog. Now, can I ask you something? Don't we all kind of have our own kind of thing like for instance you look at japan what do you know about japan you know that for some reason all the girls uh, all the women dress as little schoolgirls, like they're in speed racer or something uh and uh and that's the only way to turn a guy on i guess in japan but the guys aren't turned on because they're having sex with robots that's all i know about japan and they're good at that you know they're good at the you know hey i'm mm-hmm. a little schoolgirl. this is a little creepy uh and the creepiness of robots and having sex with robots so they got that one covered we don't we don't i mean when you think of japan you know you're you think of robots or you think of schoolgirl robots that you could have sex with you're like we should go to japan okay um germans we just uh, my wife and i just started this uh little mini series i don't remember what it's called but it was made by germans and it's a it's a um it's a mystery you know kind of mini series and uh it's in german and so my wife and i she said you want to watch this how about this one and I looked at it and I said, well, it's probably going to be really, really creepy because it's German. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, the Germans, that's what they do best. They just freak Mm. everybody out. They just they are good at the whole psychological. I'm going to eat you now. 
uh, they have that one down, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you're like, hey, where can I go to be eaten? Uh, where can I go to be tortured? You immediately think, Germany. oh, Germany is, mm-hmm. you know, Germany. Sex with robots, Japan. Germany, you want to be eaten or beaten, <laughs> uh, you know, in some sadistic way. That is German. English, not so great. I mean, the only thing I could really think of is pudding made out of blood and mm-hmm. uh, bad teeth. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I hate to be the last on the bandwagon, but I think it's official. England is on the decline um, when that's what they're known for. Now, America. Shouldn't we just own the dog thing? I mean, we're the one really pushing this ideology. Shouldn't we be known as the nation that's like, yeah, you can be a dog. Well, yeah, sure. You I think we've, as a dog? Yeah. we've established a fa- the fact that if, if you identify mm-hmm. as whatever, mm-hmm. then you are whatever, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So we should embrace this. And, you know, it's a dog's life. They say it's a dog's life. What well, is a dog's life? I don't know. My dog just mm-hmm. sleeps all day. My dog gets up once in a while and just looks at me like, hey, will you just rub my back and my head and my ears? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, will you just, hey, 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 I want your attention. Hey, 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 I want your attention. And uh, that's all they do, that sleep, mm-hmm. and then when the doorbell rings, they go to work, you know. Yeah, they bark. Even though you're like, okay, don't, don't please don't ring the doorbell. No, no, they're coming. Oh, no, it's going to be okay. Don't ring the ding dong. <laughs> so you got, you know, you got that. But uh, other than that, it's just sleeping, being fed. To do I mean, it's life. not that much different. It's not that much different than the life of of many people who are on the dole of the government right now. You just mm-hmm. sleep, you do what you want, and uh, they feed you. Mm-hmm. So, sounds like our president. I don't know. Could I? <laughs> could I? Well, that would be a dog with nuclear capability. Yes, you yeah, know, a dog with the that button. would be a, that would be a mm-hmm. dog that you would play <laughs> with a lot because he could vaporize you and the entire planet at any time. Yes. And with as much common sense and thought as Uno would have, you know, mm-hmm. his thought would be like, mm. and then he just step on the button and he wouldn't know that he just vaporized the entire world. And I think that is uh, very similar to Joe Biden. But um, I don't know. I think I'm going to try the dog life. I mean, this one's really stressful, Pat. Really, really stressful, you know? Yeah. First the of all, human we live life in a country is, yeah. where... Too, too stressful. stressful. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Too stressful. And, uh, you know, I, for instance, I just read a story today. After reading about the dogs that are gathering to demand their canine being rights, I read another story that Americans have to set all of their pets free. <laughs> and, you know, that we are the only country that mm. enslaves our animals and uh, um, and that the dogs would be much happier if they were free. And I would I would I'd say no, that's not true. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to a third world country where the dogs are just mangy and they'll you know dig through the garbage for anything to eat. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. It doesn't scream happiness to me, but I'm a people currently. I'm a people. <laughs> so. I'm going to try this on. I think I'm going to try this dog thing on. Yeah, just lay around, sleep, have no responsibility. No, but I mean, no, 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 no. No, that would be a lazy American. Oh. 
I'm I'm going to I, I want to look into it this weekend and see what you know, what to be a canine being. What does that what is that going to require? You know, mm-hmm. and who's going to try to step on my rights? Could I do could I become a dog and do this show? I don't know. Would people accept me or are we living in such an oppressive country that a, a talk show host would be denigrated or looked down upon or said you have no credibility because I was a dog? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I thought this was America. Uh, so did you see the guy, um, who believes he's a collie? Uh, I don't think so. No, I I don't think I did. I, I unfortunately think this story might be from Japan. So Mm. I don't know it, but he spent a lot of, do we have any of the video of this? That's a guy in a collie suit. Okay. He spends his days dressed as a collie. I don't know how much money he spent to have that collie suit made for him. But look, he walks like a dog. Yeah, he does. He's good at it. I don't know if he poops in the front yard, but he'd be welcome in San Francisco if he did. And dogs, look at the dogs come up and they're like, what the hell is that? That's not a dog. This is creepy. Is that a dead dog? What have you done to the dogs? That's a zombie robot dog. What is that? They don't smell him. There's no dogs around his butt ever. They know. They know. Dogs know. Dude, what are you doing? You're not a dog. Uh, I can't tell you how long I've been trying not to be a dog. You don't know what it's like. But Especially we're really, if you guys release us into the wild. We're supposed to be okay with that. We're supposed to, well, yeah, he's, you know, he's a collie. What's the problem? If he identifies as a collie and he wears the outfit, he's a collie. Leave him alone. That should be fine. Right? Isn't that what, what we're expected? What difference does it make to you? Yeah, none. Yeah, what oh, difference none. does it make I, to you? No, it's perfectly okay. acceptable. I want to really explore. I, let me break for a commercial <sighs> break. I want to mm-hmm. really explore. What difference does it make to you? Okay. If they just want to be a collie, Mm -hmm. okay? Okay. We'll do that coming up in uh, just a second. Also, Darren Beatty is with us. Talk a little bit about Ray Epps. Uh, Wow. They've proved the the conspiracy theorists wrong, haven't they? Because he was charged with a misdemeanor. And uh, wow, they're throwing the book at him. Yeah. We'll get uh, get to that here in just a second. Cultural divide in America is widening along moral lines. And if you have feet planted on both sides, ah, time of choosing is here. Time of choosing. And the lowest way to get into the fight is, I mean, this is really easy. You pick up the phone today and you call 878-PATRIOT and you switch to Patriot Mobile. You get away from these big companies who are destroying our way of life, who are funding things like Planned Parenthood. By the way, I don't know if you know all about Planned Parenthood. In a couple of weeks, I had Liz Wheeler on uh, to uh, tape a podcast yesterday before the DeSantis podcast. Uh, she has done incredible work. She's written a new book. It's coming out. And uh, I, I got to tell you, it, it is it's crazy what she found out about Planned Parenthood that you just don't know. But anyway, phone companies like Verizon, they're just funding them. Hey, have at it. No, 
none of my money. I'm not paying you and I'm not helping you stay in business if you're supporting this kind of craziness. No. So switch to Patriot Mobile. You'll get the same great service because they're on the same cell towers. You're going to get the same coverage that you want. You can keep your phone, get a new phone upgrade. You can keep your number, all of that. They'll make it really easy and free activation today. Use the offer code BECK. This is the easy way to join in. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. 10 seconds. Station ID. So, Pat, do we have a any reason to say, no, that's not a dog. That's a, that's a human. And I won't recognize that. What, why? Uh, how does this affect you? How does this affect you? The general mental health of our society, I, I think. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, All right. I think in that way, we're sort of affected by it. Um, if this mental illness spreads throughout the um, society it's, and a bunch of people think they're dogs instead of humans, I, mean, I could see where that might become a problem. Now, does that transfer to deer? Yes. You think you're a yes. deer? Yes. Does that transfer uh-huh. to, I'm a guy, I think I'm a woman? It kind of does. Yeah, it does. So you're just bigoted against all of this? Yes. Okay, Identifying I just want to make sure I understand. The whole identifying so, thing is, uh, I yeah, think, an yeah. issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't have a problem who said, you know, I pretend to be a deer. I pretend to be a dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I, I think that's weird, but maybe I, I don't know what you're doing. Um, you know, if it gets into some sexual thing, then, you know, I kind of probably would be like, okay, dude, um, <laughs> I don't ever want to talk to you again. <laughs> right. And stay away from my children. Uh-huh. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you if you want to pretend you're something occasionally that's fine okay i guess yeah keep it to yourself um, i don't need to know about it frankly <laughs> I don't need to know about it. yeah um however um when you get into a society that is not taking any scientific fact mm-hmm. they are just mm-hmm. changing all of the realities and it's not based in science then you have mass delusion yeah. and you'll never be able to go to the moon you'll never be able to buy uh, build a car you'll never be able to do anything because you'll start to believe in witchcraft you'll believe in anything mm-hmm. you will become uh everything hansel and gretel were trying to avoid in the forest did you see uh, dr miriam grossman testifying uh, about this very subject really it was about no. people identifying and and thus being you know thinking you're a woman so you are a woman and how unscientific that is and how ridiculous no, it? it is yeah it's about five minutes i don't know if we have uh, we, we could play some of it here uh, play some of you it wanted. now yeah play some um but uh it's it's miriam grossman do we have that sir statement. yeah we do yeah okay. the committee here we go to ahead address yeah. you my name is miriam grossman I am a board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist, author, and senior fellow at Do No Harm. Mm. I have been taking care of patients for 45 years. 
I'm going to use my time to respond to Dr. McNamara. First, I'm struck by her use of the phrase sex assigned at birth. Thank you. Sex is not assigned at birth. Sex is established at conception mm -hmm. and it's recognized mm -hmm. at birth, if not earlier. Dr. McNamara claims that her views are science-based, but to claim that sex is assigned at birth is without any scientific basis whatsoever. Its language misleads people, especially children, into thinking that male and female are arbitrary designations and can change. Wow. That is simply not Again, true. It, okay, I mean, that's good if stuff. If you start to believe those things, you, you won't be able to function in society because right. what's real, what's not, what's true, what's not. And these used to be the people that accused the us Glenn Beck program. of being American deniers. Financing NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right, inflation is absolutely destroying our spending power right now, and the Fed is destroying the rest of it by jacking up interest rates because they're spending too much. Money is becoming less and less valuable all the time, and it's forcing to change the way we handle our finances. And I don't know about you. Have you had to change your finances? Are you behind? Have you used your credit card just to stay afloat? Please, this is not easy, and it's not right for everybody, but give American Financing a call today and see if you can just let them look over your finances and see if there's some areas that they, they, they could help you improve. All the people who have called uh, this year from this audience, the average person is saving $700 every single month. Please consider this. Call now American Financing at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Or go to AmericanFinancing.net. Give them a call today. AmericanFinancing.net. Glenn Beck, Stuber Gear, Steve Dace, Chad Prather, and me, Pat Gray. Listen to all your favorite conservative voices at blazetv.com. Promo code Glenn. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. Hey. Oh, thank good the New York Times have been vindicated about Ray Epps. You know, see, the government is going after him because, you know, he apparently was a threat. And, uh, wow, they, he could spend hours in jail. And uh, <laughs> that'll teach him. And uh, so he's definitely not somebody that was involved in any way with the government. Now, Darren Beatty, uh, Beatty has been following this. He's the founder and editor of Revolver News. He's been on the program many, many times, holds a Ph.D. political science, taught political theory at Duke University. Um, he, he got involved in all of you know the news and trying to find the truth uh, just a few years ago. Uh, couldn't take it anymore. And he does some incredible work at Revolver News. If you haven't been to revolver.news, uh, you need to. Um, he joins us now uh, to tell me what he thinks about the, the Ray Epps charge. Wow. They nailed him, didn't they? Absolutely. You know, there are a number of things to say about this. One is just how obviously desperate and bungling this is as a cover-up attempt, as a last gasp 
effort to salvage the absolutely crumbling narrative surrounding Ray Epps, specifically in the Fed surrection generally. So just a couple of things about this indictment, which is a misdemeanor guilty plea deal for a single offense, which is disorderly conduct and restricted grounds. So there are two things mm. to say about this initially. One is just how weak the charge is. And to get a sense of how weak it is, you need to compare it to charges other defendants face for far less egregious behavior. In just about every case, anyone who did remotely what Epps did, leave aside the Epps telling people to go into Capitol in advance, just his movements in the restricted zones, um, that would have come with an obstruction of an official proceeding charge, which is a felony. And there are a number of other charges which the DOJ could easily have given Epps if they wanted from very early on, ranging all the way up to conspiracy, which is some of the more serious charges. It's worth noting that Enrique Tario, some of these Proud Boys sentencing, which is really just the perfect contrast with Epps' misdemeanor, Enrique Tario, who got the most severe sentence in all of January 6th, 22-year sentence, he wasn't at the Capitol. He wasn't even at D.C., he wasn't in D.C. for that day, and yet he mm. got uh, convicted of seditious conspiracy. So the people saying, oh, Epps didn't go into the Capitol, that's why. No, it has nothing to do with not going into the Capitol. The biggest sentencings were for people who didn't go into the Capitol, one of whom wasn't even in D.C., and those were the conspiracy charges. And the great irony is, even though I would say, say after having read the charging documents, the evidence is very flimsy against Tario and others for those serious charges. Ray Epps is the only one of them who has actually acknowledged his role in a conspiracy with the literal text message to his nephew saying, I orchestrated it. So everybody's being charged with conspiracy except for the guy who explicitly acknowledged his role in orchestrating <laughs> it. And Justifiably so, because the, the video evidence is astonishing, and people can go to Revolver.News now. The very top piece has some very rare footage. You know, there's the stuff that everyone has seen, but there's some rare stuff that really contextualizes the focus, the term, determination, and the extent to which he was just on this mission to get people in the Capitol. There's amazing things from the evening before. We've all seen that we need to go into the Capitol, but he was going from group to group. Anytime a group was talking about anything other than the Capitol, he was there to redirect them to the point that in one instance he stated, our enemy is the Capitol, as though he traveled across the country to vent his vendetta against neoclassical architecture. Um, it's, it's, really, uh, it's, it's really something remarkable. And the, the thought that the regime press would cover this as though this slap on the wrist charge Two years and eight months after January 6th, that's the other thing. The time span, we know that the feds were aware of Epps from the very beginning. On January 8th, two days after the 6th, he was one of the first 20 people put on the FBI's most wanted list. They've been aware of him for a long. It's not like this weird scenario where they just heard of him because they just happened to stumble on a revolver news piece you know, a week ago. No, they've been aware of him since the very beginning, and they've considered his behavior so egregious as to warrant being put as one of the first 20 people on the most wanted list. 
they took his name off quietly uh, literally the day after our second big piece on federal involvement in January 6th. So it's uh, too little. It's too late. We all see it for what it is. And it fits this pattern of almost unimaginable incompetence where if they were smart, the, the Epps case is so bad for them. It's like the worst thing they could possibly talk about. If they were smart, they would do everything they could to keep Epps out of the news cycle, period. They wouldn't re-up him in our consciousness and remind us of what a sham January 6th was with desperate attempts like a misdemeanor charge almost three years after January 6th. So the the amazing thing is, is he said he came to uh, Washington because he was a big Trump supporter, but he didn't attend the Trump rally. He he was at the Capitol uh, before Trump even finished his uh, uh, his uh, speech, and he was already appeared to be preparing the way for the entrance of everybody into the Capitol. Is that true? Absolutely. It's it's even crazier than that. So. In this piece I'm talking about that's at the top of Revolver now, we go through his entire workings the evening before. Then the next day on the 6th, keep in mind, Trump didn't start speaking. He wasn't set to start speaking until noon. We have Ray Epps before 10. So over two hours before, hanging around the entrance to where the speech would be, directing people to go to the Capitol. That's where our true problems lie. It's in that direction. Spread the word. The capitals where our problems are over and over and over. And like you said, despite what he told authorities, you know, he in interviews with authorities, both the J6 committee and the FBI, he told them the whole reason he traveled all the way across the country was that his son wanted to go to the Trump speech and he was there to protect his son uh, because he had some premonition that there would be explosives planted on side streets near the Capitol, which is an amazing uh-huh. premonition. And the people didn't even ask him follow-up questions about the pipe bombs, which is another story altogether. But he ends <laughs> up, as you point out, not going to the Trump speech and abandoning his Not being son. with his son. <laughs> and yeah. not being his son. His son's not and with him. Exactly. And he just happens to skip the speech and mosey on over to the very location that just happened to be that initial decisive breach location that kicked off the entire event. And may I just ask you to verify, at one point he's in this this mosh pit of people. He's not only not with his son, it appears that he has four protectors, or sorry, eight protectors with him, four behind him, four in front of him, kind of clearing the crowd so he can get up into the front of the crowd. Is that right? Um, yes, I'm aware of what you're, the, the video that you're saying, and I can say generally that you know, his, his initial moniker uh, for researchers into this was, crowd control because he was so proficient at controlling the crowds being in the front lines organizing movements of people and again there's compilation video he's a where's waldo figure throughout the whole day he's everywhere he's directing Mm -hmm. people he's organizing the crowd he is a naturally commanding presence and it's 
pretty clear. It's clear that's is not his first rodeo. He's been around mm. a long time, and in some other contexts, I might say he's a very impressive figure. He's he he's a you know, he's kind of a, a badass dude if you look at some of his pictures from you know his history as a marine and so forth. But he was he was everywhere, and there's there's actually another piece of funny footage that's in this piece I mentioned that's pretty rare of this is on the evening of the fifth of the crowd saying, you're not going to do anything. You're not going to storm the Capitol because he's telling people to go into the Capitol. And one clip, he actually says we need to storm the Capitol. And he's listening to these naysayers and he has this grin on his face. Like I know something you don't know. He puts his hand up and he flaps his hand in the kind of talk to the hand motion. Like, Wait and see, kid. <laughs> Wait and see what happens tomorrow, which is uh, it's amazing. pretty amazing indeed. Uh, all of his, um, uh, all of the reports, I mean, the love puff piece from the New York Times, if I'm not mistaken, made him look like kind of almost a feeble old guy without his wife. He, I mean... He's not a strong figure. He's he's just a guy who was misguided by I mean the the excuse they will give no one else including grandmothers he was just misguided and misled by some very bad people. No, and it's really amazing and another another data point that's worth worth, worth noting that gives a sense of just how aggressively the system is protecting him not just the regime media but People like Adam Kinsinger, the director of the J6 witch hunt, um, and even the DOJ and figures in, in the FBI to give you a sense of how aggressively they're protecting him. Um, it's little spoken of that he was actually had a leadership role in the Oath Keepers, which is the most right. demonized and heavily prosecuted militia group associated with J6, at least until the, the recent Proud Boy sentencing. And... Um, we have footage of him hanging out with Stuart Rhodes way back in the day in Arizona, just hanging out with him at marches, at a, at a memorial service, at a brunch service. And so it could be the case, it probably is, that he, he had left the group since. But nonetheless, the, in, in every other context, anyone who is remotely associated with the Oath Keepers, the press, and the charging documents make a huge deal of this involvement to the point of extreme exaggeration. And yet here we have a guy who on paper would be the perfect poster boy as the villain for this insurrection. The guy in camo gear with a Trump hat telling people to go into the Capitol, who is a leader in the Oath Keepers where there's video of him hanging out with Stuart Rhodes, who was right. next to Tario, got the biggest sentence mm. in J6 for seditious conspiracy, and yet nobody even talks about that. It's not mentioned in the charging documents. It's completely kept out of media mm. reports on Ray Epps and so forth. So that gives you a sense of how aggressively they're defending him. And you're right, the New York Times he- did a puff piece on him. 60 Minutes did a sympathy segment on him. It recently right. came out in a transcript of Stephen D'Antuono, the head of the FBI's investigation of J6 in, in D.C. He was asked about Ray Epps. He said, quote, I feel awful for Ray Epps. 
And then there are follow-up oh questions. And this individual who feels awful for us, the head of the FBI's investigation, J6 in D.C., who feels awful for us, this is amazing. He was asked. Um, so, Darren, thank you. Seen, Go ahead, quickly. Yep. He said, have, have you seen the video of Epps? And he said, no. <laughs> no, no. Darren, uh, thank you so much for everything you do at Revolver News. I, I'd like to have you come in and maybe we do a, a, a special on just what you know and all that you've gathered on Ray Epps. It's, it just go to uh, revolver.news and you will see the uh, lead story is on all of the videos. And it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, thank you so much. Now, the reason why this is important is I'm not saying that he's a Fed. I don't know. But I don't know why they're passing him by, because if you believe like I do, the people who were actually instigating and organizing and breaking windows and doing violence, those people should go to jail. So, wait, why are the people that are trying to throw everybody in jail taking this guy and not throwing him in jail and giving him a severe sentence? I don't know if it's because he's a Fed. I just know I want actual justice for all involved. So the question remains, why is no justice being done here? Our uh, sponsor is Goldline. If you are like millions of Americans singing the Bidenomics blues right now, your family budget isn't just tight, it's suffocating. In 2022, Americans saw the most significant drop in real median household income in 12 years. What this means is you might have gotten a raise, but it's not keeping up with inflation and prices. So what do you do? This is going to be something that gets worse and worse over time. High inflation is devouring. We're, we're talking about a 7.8 real inflation rate, highest we've seen since 1981. With all the turbulence around and what's coming, please, if you have things that that you're saving for your retirement, please, please consider putting a portion of that into gold or silver, and Goldline can help you do that. Um, Right now, for every full ounce of fractional gold eagles purchased, you're going to receive one free 10th-ounce platinum St. Helena Trust Series coin. Don't let this pass you by. Call them now. They're waiting. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Uh, Okay, Douglas Brunt. Megan Kelly's husband written a great new book. Um, we'll be talking to him coming up in just a few minutes, right after the top of the hour. Uh, also, got to get into the illegal alien situation um, that Joe Biden has completely, completely under control. Uh, do you know that we have limited the illegal aliens pouring across the border to just ten thousand a day in Eagle Pass, Texas? Incredible. I mean, it's it's pristine. It's, well, the border, the border is secure, uh, as Alejandro Mayorkas told us. Uh, All of that and much more coming up in just a few minutes. Yeah, 
you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. I, as you know, love history. I collect history. I'm a student of history. Uh, I, I mean, I'm currently looking into the Rockefellers and medicine and how medicine was completely destroyed by the Rockefellers. And uh, it's amazing to learn something new. I am reading a book that you are... I, I'm learning stuff now I didn't even think to even question. Did you know that when you go to a pump and you, you know, see diesel fuel for sale, if it's a small D, it shouldn't be. It, that's actually the name of a guy, Diesel, that created the diesel engine, diesel fuel, invented the ice cube. Uh, his name is Rudolph Diesel. And uh, he was as famous as Edison and Tesla and Rockefeller, all of them. And then he was on a ship right before World War I and apparently committed suicide. I don't know. Nobody really looked into it. Douglas Brunt has just looked into it. He's written a tremendous book called The Mysterious Case of Rudolph Diesel. He joins me in 60 seconds. All right. You know, you might get away with rolling the dice once in a while. I have two. I'm up at the ranch today. I've got two old trucks up here. Uh, they're way, way past, uh, you know, the, their, their warranty, way past their warranty. And when they go down and I need them, they're working trucks. And I don't want to buy a new $80,000 truck. For the love of Pete, how much do trucks have to cost? I just want something that I can put hay in the back or feed in the back or lumber in the back and haul it to and fro. That's all I want. I don't care if the doors don't work. When they go down, now because of all the computer chips and everything else, it costs a fortune. A fortune. One of these trucks went down and I think it was like seven or $8,000, somewhere in that area. And I looked at the guy when he presented the bill and I'm like, why didn't you call me? What, what are you? This truck isn't worth that. And he said, no, 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 you, you, uh, you have car shield. And I said, yes. And he said, yeah, this was all covered. I honestly, my first thought was, it can't be true, but he believes it. So I'm just going to go and get the keys and leave as fast as I can. It was amazing. When you need a huge repair on a car that's out of warranty, you need Car Shield. Enroll with Car Shield right now, and you'll get the pl- price lock guarantee. Your price will never go up, no matter how many claims you file. It'll never go up, even as the mileage on your car increases. Car Shield won't go up, even with inflation. CarShield.com, 800-227-6100, 800-227-6100. CarShield.com slash Beck. Douglas, may I call you Doug? Doug, please. Or do you go by Douglas? Doug, okay. May I call you Bob? <laughs> hey, I'm on your show. You call me whatever you want. <laughs> okay. Uh, Douglas Brunt, uh, you have written this great, great book. By the way, full disclosure, you are the uh, husband of Megan Kelly. Not that that's important. I just don't want somebody going, well, you know Megan Kelly, and that's why you had him on. 
I didn't. I have, I'm having Doug on because his book is fantastic. And your wife did tell me, Glenn, I know this, this book was written for you. I feel like it was, Doug. Tell the story. So it's funny you say that because as I was finishing it up, I spoke to my editor and I said, we've got to get this book over to Glenn Beck because he is a student of history <laughs> and I, I believe he will love it. And maybe I'll get a chance to talk to him and yeah. talk to his listeners who also appreciate history. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. So tell me the story. Well, as, as you were suggesting, people have been mistakenly spelling diesel with a lowercase d. You know, you don't do that with Ford, Chrysler, Benz. And the reason for that is he was involved in the greatest you know, reviews of the book have been really terrific. And several have referred to it as the greatest caper of the 20th century. And so on the eve of World War One, September 29th, 1913, Rudolf Diesel is traveling from Belgium to Great Britain on an overnight passenger ferry, and he disappears. And it's hard to state the, the level of his global fame at this time. And in today's standards, it would be like Elon Musk disappearing one day to the next. And so the newspapers around right. the world, the front page of the New York Times, all the papers through Western Europe, all the papers in Russia were covering this crazy disappearance of this celebrity inventor. And... As you said, suicide was the prevailing theory, but there are also two theories of murder. One, that either Kaiser Wilhelm II, the emperor of Germany, had dispatched agents to murder him, or that John Rockefeller, the founder of Standard Oil and richest man in the world, had sent maybe a Pinkerton detective thug over there to murder him. So those were the theories. Wait, 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 Doug. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. Don't tell me because I'm only halfway through it. Don't tell me the ending, but do you come to a conclusion? Yes, I do. And I okay. will, the most right, I'll don't tell, tell you now anymore. is I'll only tell you not suicide, but by exploring <laughs> the motive right. that each of these two had to kill him. And they each viewed diesel as an existential threat by exploring that in the quarter century no. leading up to world war one, you understand the period and, and what's going on and why diesel and the engine were so critical. So, you know, you do a great job at explaining coal engines. I had no idea how inefficient trains and ships were. I, you know, I've seen you, you know, you've brought up the um, uh, the Titanic movie and we've all seen it. He's like, let's open this up and see what she can do. And they ring full speed ahead. And you see all these people that are shoveling the coal in. And you might think, wow, there's, they've got to have a lot of space for coal and these engines are huge. But I never thought of the, what, about 200 people, all told, between the mechanics and the shovelers uh, that had to have room on the ship and the food that they had to have and the quarters they right. had to have. And then how inefficient those engines were, I had no idea. Oh, it's amazing. They would get... Back in the days of James Watt, the 1770s, you know, you would say the James Watt engine is as old as America. Back then, the metallurgy and the casting of the engines was so poor that they would use rope and leather to sort of bind the pipes. So you can imagine how much pressure and heat can be lost in that. And in those days, out of right. a unit of fuel, they could get about 2% of energy. In Diesel's days, when he was Jeez. first starting the diesel engine, uh, steam engine could get, you know, 6 to 8%. What diesel ultimately achieved with his diesel engine was closer to 40. So it was just leaps and bounds in fuel efficiency. Game changing. Where is the diesel engine in relation to uh, the Ford engine? Because I always thought that the car engine, the combustion engine, that that was developed at the same time of the car, but it, it wasn't. It was actually, they actually um, used... 
I mean, anything that would burn very uh, flammable stuff. But that was actually at first uh, to replace the steam engine. Uh, and it came long before the car or just as the car. And where did the diesel engine come in? The, the auto Timeline cycle wise. engine. It, yeah, the auto cycle engine, which is the origins of sort of a, a gas burning engine now, initially was burning gaseous fuels like benzene, methane, methane and things like that. And, but those were low torque sort of, you know, very tiny engines. And, you know, Benz used them in the 1870s, 80s in experimenting with his first cars, which really looked like a motorbike. And they were, you know, half mm-hmm. a horsepower, one horsepower. They could never right. drive a ship. And, and they really weren't used for that. What, what ultimately became and, and remains to this day the prime source of power in the world is the diesel engine. It's incredible uh, that I didn't know any of this stuff. And he was as big of a name as he as he was. So he's on the ship. They find his uh, his coat um, folded up. It's it's so strange, Doug. And I know this is personal and only to me. But the way you describe that, my mother uh, committed suicide and it was on a boat and um, it was a double suicide. And the clothes were. Uh, folded up and put right on the ledge of the ship. And that's why we believe that it was suicide. Um, And when I read that, I thought, wow, what a great way to cover a murder if you're doing it, because that does lead you to believe that. It does. It does seem to mark the point where he went off the ship and it was it was kind of set up to, to do that. There's just so many inconsistencies with the story. And, and as you read the book, you can you can see the various holes uh, in that in that theory. And then you can also see why the newspaper the newspapers were speculating at that time that Diesel might have been murdered by one of these two suspects. Um, I think, uh, you know, if the book's going 60 miles an hour for you now, it's about to go 120 as you get into yeah, the bet. investigation of it. And uh, I won't spoil anything, so, but I will tell you that in 1913, a diesel engine had emerged as the only option for the U-boat or the submarine. And as right. you know, as, as a student of history, you know, we're in the middle of an Anglo-German naval arms race where mm-hmm. Germany is growing by leaps mm-hmm. and bounds. And they feel they need colonies to support their growth, to bring natural resources back into the the homeland. So they're trying to build a Navy to rival Great Britain. And they've decided the U-boat is the way to go. Rudolph was traveling across the North Sea on that day in September because he was going to be co-founder and board director of a new diesel engine manufacturing company in Great Britain, whose mandate was to build diesels, submarine diesels for the Royal Mm. Navy. So you can imagine the Kaiser was thinking hard no. Right. Right. And he also, but he, I mean, he didn't stop it. Um, it, Diesel was also the guy who started the oil industry in Russia. Uh, Nobel. Yeah. The Nobel family, Alfred Nobel's two older brothers. Okay. And how was he involved? I thought it was uh, Diesel that did that. How were they, they involved they the, in any way? The, the way that the diesel, yeah, they were actually in a, in a big way. The diesel engine followed a standard licensing practice of that time, which was to license out the exclusive rights to manufacture and market the technology by national territory. So in Russia, the Nobel family, which is another crazy story. You know, we only know Alfred Nobel, the inventor of dynamite, but he had two older brothers <laughs> who manufactured arms and engines and steam boilers and things like that in Russia. They're Swedish by origin, but in Russia. 
And in order, they were going to find more wood for rifle stocks to fill an order for the czar of 100,000 rifles. And they went down to the Caucasus region and discovered oil. And they ended up founding the Russian oil industry. And by 1900, they were bigger than standard oil. The reason we don't know much about them now That's is crazy. Stalin came down there with a Bolshevik Red Army and kicked them all out and seized everything and renamed it, it the Soviet Oil Company and you know, the Soviet Engine Manufacturing Company. But the Nobelists were also the exclusive... Wow manufacturer of diesel engines built diesels for the for the russian navy and for other things the cast so of characters the, how do, how do we, they, in the u.s is. in the north america the person who took the the license for the diesel engine was adolphus bush founder of anheuser-busch and used the diesel engine to pump water for his breweries and also had a side business of building submarine diesels for the u.s navy and his um, the the diesel engine hasn't really changed that much, except now with computer chips and everything else. But it's still the basic thing, isn't it? It, it is. And it's funny, Glenn, the way I came into it is Megan and I bought a boat and it was an older boat, a little bigger. And I was going to do some work to fix it up. And I was talking to this guy at the boat yard. You know, what should I do to fix this old boat up? And he said, well, boat like this, you know, you really got to get rid of these gasoline engines and put in diesel and at that time, this is eight years ago, I always thought of diesel as sort of the other fuel that the trucks use. I didn't associate it with certainly not a name and not even like Dirty, really a different kind yeah. of engine. And right. uh, he said, look, you can take, he said, the diesel fuel is completely stable. I can take a lit match, drop it into a barrel of diesel fuel and nothing will happen. It won't ignite. It has no fumes. A hundred percent of boat fires come from gasoline engines, zero from diesel. And it gets four times the efficiency. So on your 200 gallon tank, you can go four times as far. So I repowered the diesel, and that's how I got started with this whole thing eight years ago. It is, uh, it's a remarkable story. Why do we not know about him now? Why has he been lost to history? Two reasons, I would say. One is the presumption of suicide. If you look him up in the Encyclopedia Britannica, it says suicide. And I, there's just something that's kind of impairing to your legacy about all that. Uh, and after he disappeared, others kind of moved in to try and seize some of the credit for his work unjustly. But the mm. other bigger reason you will soon get to, because he is at the heart of this caper. Um, and so for reasons that you'll and all readers will come to understand as they get into the back half of the book, he has been scrubbed from history. It's remarkable. It is absolutely remarkable. I love I love discovering history. You know, it's fun, isn't it? You must have had a blast researching this book. Oh, my gosh. So much fun. There's so many interesting things about it. I mean, one of the one of the fascinating things about it, and I know you're doing some work on Rockefeller, who is our other suspect. The reason Rockefeller viewed diesel as an existential threat is the diesel engine ran on a range of fuels. Diesel won the 1900 Paris World's Fair on a diesel engine running peanut oil. And he didn't need petroleum or any of Rockefeller's products. And Rockefeller, when you think about from the founding of Standard Oil in 1870 to 1900, yep. when he became the richest man in the world, he wasn't selling gasoline. That was a waste product that they would get rid of. They were selling kerosene for lighting. But Rockefeller was in the illumination business. Wow. And then along comes Edison and the electric light bulb, wipes out the prospects for the future of kerosene for illumination and threatens to do to Rockefeller what Rockefeller had done to the whaling business. You know, we used to use whale blubber, then kerosene came in, and then the light bulb. So Rockefeller is now searching around for new markets for revenue as the combustion engine is emerging as a major player, and it can run on gasoline. So suddenly his waste product is his new main product. But diesel comes along, 
and says, we don't need to do that. We don't need to uh, be beholden to petroleum in certain areas of the world that have that. We have farmers. We can grow our own fuel, vegetables and, and nuts, or it could even run on coal tar. If you do the coking process with coal, you get this tar-like sludge, which is a great diesel fuel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, a great book. A Thank you so much, Doug. We we have to get together sometime because uh, you, you would love to see the museum and the collection that we have down here. And I think you could bring some insight to it as well. Doug, thank you so much. Would love that. Glenn, thank you. You bet. Bye-bye. Uh, the name of the book is The Mysterious Case of Rudolph Diesel. Uh, the author is Douglas Brunt. I'm listening to it on uh, Audible, and it's really great. But this is one of those books that you want to have in your library shelf as well. Douglas Brunt, The Mysterious Case of Rudolph Diesel. Well worth the money you'll spend. All right, my Patriot Supply. It is strange to think about it, but we are on the precipice. I was talking to um, uh, Ron DeSantis yesterday, and I said, is Donald Trump right that he thinks that we are on, that we're, we're, this is it, this is it. And he said, yeah, I, you know, I don't think, you know, 2025, if that doesn't go the way it needs to go, if these guys retain power, it's, we're done. Um, and it's weird to think that it's weird to think that we are one big crisis away um, to achieving everything that Osama bin Laden wanted to achieve on 9-11. You've got to be prepared and you have to be self-reliant. You've got to put your, your family into the situation where you'll make it. May I suggest you head on over to My Patriot Supply and prepare today with emergency food that will stay fresh for up to 25 years. You can enjoy a wide variety of delicious food kits offering 2,000 calories every day. If you order today, you can, uh, if you order by 3 p.m., your items will ship the same day. It's really fast. You'll get it in an unmarked box and you can just put it away and don't tell. My Patriot, I lost my food supply in a horrible boating accident with all of my guns. But anyway, uh, MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Ten seconds, station ID. So... Florida Governor Ron DeSantis really came to America's uh, heart and mind when he declared war on wokeism in Florida. But would his strategies be effective, as effective, if he were president? Does he understand the deep state? Uh, It's a lot different than running a state. I sat down with Governor DeSantis to get the answers. Americans want to know most about his 2024 presidential campaign. How would he handle a government shutdown debate? Why? What should the Republicans do? How does he feel about today's Republican Party? Would how would he address the border crisis? What's his first priority on day one? How would he clean out the deep state? And one thing that I don't think anybody's really pinned him down on is what do you actually believe about the war in Ukraine? What would you do if you were president? He explains in the podcast how he plans to reverse the Biden administration's destructive policies and give power back to the states, especially when it comes to the border. His plan on the border is uh, remarkable. He also responds to former President Donald Trump's criticism of Florida's heartbeat bill, clarifies his own stance on abortion, uh, the difference between a man and a woman. He can figure that one out. I know we have Supreme Court justices. I, I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm not an expert. Apparently, Governor DeSantis is an expert because he can tell the difference. He also talks about changing education. He talks about the big ideas that have to be changed by the next president to save our country. And he is eager for the fight. I asked him about the difference with the GOP, how they they seem to fight only the fights they think they can win. But there are fights that need to be fought. They have to be fought. Uh, and I asked him the difference between those two and which one he was. Uh, the interviews all come with no agenda. The point is to ask all of the candidates all of the questions that you would ask. You can watch the podcast now with Ron DeSantis, blazetv.com slash Glenn. It will be available tomorrow on my YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. The podcast with Ron DeSantis, episode 195, available now at blazetv.com slash Glenn or wherever you get your podcasts tomorrow. Don't miss this one. The Glenn Beck Program. So realestateagentsitrust.com is a company that my brother and I started. We were He's actually up here at the ranch with me uh, because I'm going to my son's football game tomorrow. Uh, his college football team is playing a team on homecoming and anyway so we're up here and we were driving in we were talking about real estate and the real estate agents that we have uh that we represent um and just what a blessing this has been for us and so many people um not just uh the real estate agents but more importantly the people that we get letters from all the time saying this agent was unbelievable um you have to interview and know the best practices of your real estate agent you need to know that they have the website that is already generating all the traffic so they have buyers waiting for your house and it's nice to know that they're not going to be the people who say uh this is the master bedroom what no you trust these people they think a lot like you they're fans of the show it's realestateagentsitrust.com realestateagentsitrust.com don't forget subscribe to the blaze blaze tv.com a lot of great stuff already available and more to come What kind of government do we have that actually takes and cuts the razor wire at our border to allow thousands of immigrants in? Just an honest question. Does that sound like somebody who's protecting and defending the Constitution of the United States and defending our, our shores and our safety? doesn't to me, but that's what happened in Eagle Pass two days ago. Fox News uh, had some footage from the border right there near Eagle Pass where they, look at this, where they were just walking them in. Uh, gee, it looks like, yeah, it looks like almost all men. Uh, isn't that weird? Young men uh, coming in. There were thousands of them that just walked on into the country. Um, he tweeted that it seems like a free-for-all. Then you have CNN giving you this news yesterday about the Eagle Pass. The mayor of a Texas border city is pleading for help as the members and the numbers of migrant crossings have increased significantly. A source tells CNN nearly 3,000 migrants crossed near the city of Eagle Pass, Texas in just one day. 
The mayor signed an emergency declaration hoping to get financial help and, frankly, more services. You know, I'm not going to out anybody because of security reasons, but there are some very, very wealthy, very wealthy um, leftists um, that uh, claim to love their country so much that live there in Eagle Pass. And I'm wondering, have they brought one of their planes down to help feed these people and help relieve the town? Or do they just do they just have a house there? that they uh, like to have refuge in. I'm, I'm not I'm not sure. Now, speaking of the border, this is one of the first questions I asked uh, Ron DeSantis in the podcast that is available tomorrow for everybody. It's available now, came out last night for Blaze TV subscribers. But here's what he said when I started talking about the border. I got up this morning and I was beside myself because I saw that the president told the Border Patrol to go down and cut the razor wire at Eagle Pass. There were, I think it was four or 7,000 um, Venezuelans on the other side of the river and 14,000 behind them. Honestly, I, I said to Ken Paxton, our attorney general, just today, when is Texas going to behave like Texas? When are these states going to say, enough is enough what is that point and what should we be doing well i can tell you when i'm president we've already said we are going to unleash the states they're going to be equal partners with enforcing immigration law if someone comes across the river illegally into texas texas should be able to send them back why do we need to end up in this big process where people are going to court and all this other stuff it's absurd so they should be able to do it i think that the reality is is that if they if they did more they would absolutely face doj and all this other stuff now i still still think they should do it don't get me wrong but we'll be an administration that's going to work hand in hand with the states to be able to secure our country. They're a force multiplier for the federal government. People say it's the sole federal responsibility. Yeah, a state can't do something like if, if we have strong border policy, it can't, a state can't let people in illegally, of course. But if we have a policy uh, and it's not being enforced fully, why should the states not uh, do it? They should absolutely be able to enforce the law and we'll make that happen. How long before we have irreparable harm Done, where you have population in your country that is as big as a big state and they're not part of your culture. Well, when I when I get in, they're all going back. I mean, that's the easiest. How are you going to do that? Well, you know, they've been given court dates. They have paper. So you now have these people. Biden is registering these people. A lot of them are registering with the federal government before they cross the border, saying, hey, I'm coming illegally. I'm going to go on this app and fill out. It's insane. So we'll use that uh, to do, because I think it's important that, that that's done. You can't, you, I want a wall. I want all that. But if you aren't going to have a sanction for coming illegally, then you're going to continue to deal with this problem one way or another another so so that will be a sanction you know that we're going to enforce it hasn't been enforced uh, really for many many decades probably right. all the way back to eisenhower right to where we really had it had it strong day one you put in an executive order or you take them off the table what's the one you say first thing 
Well, it'll be, we'll do, uh, we'll do a lot in the first day, but uh, we will do uh, declare the border a national emergency. That'll unlock resources for us. We'll do the mobilization of the military and that'll happen. Uh, and that plan will be implemented on day one. We'll also do things and we're going to take all of Biden's EOs, particularly on the economy, throw those in the trash can so we can get America moving again. And there'll be a whole host of a, we're going to nix CBDC on day one, central bank digital currency, not going to happen under my watch. So there'll be a bunch of things. But I think that border, um, that's a core attribute of sovereignty. You're either a country or you're not. And we've got to get that one right. So that'll be, you know, 1230 or whenever you're done giving the speech, you're going to have to sign that one in. I also asked him uh, several questions. One, how how are you going to defeat Trump? Uh, Why do you think, uh, you know, your poll numbers were going up? They're not going up anymore. Uh, You're a distant second and third in some states. Um, And I asked him that question. He gave his uh, answer on that. I asked him about the heartbeat bill and what Donald Trump said. Uh, Let's play, you know, let's play that one on abortion and the heartbeat bill. Donald Trump said um, in an interview with Meet the Press, he said Florida's six-week abortion ban was a terrible mistake. Protecting unborn babies that have detectable heartbeats is not terrible. Uh, it's noble. It's just. And it should be something that anyone says that they're pro-life would embrace. I don't see how you could claim okay, to. He's he's all so he goes into this in depth. We talk about, you know, male, female, gender ideology, all of this stuff. Uh, then I asked him about Ukraine because he's been a little slippery on Ukraine. Here's the beginning of that. A lot of people say you're a little slippery on Ukraine. I don't think so. I mean, what, what happened was, you know, I said, you know, it's um, it's something that, um, you know, no blank check. Uh, it's not a it's not a vital interest where we'd have ground troops under any circumstance. It's a secondary or tertiary interest. And the goal should be to bring it to a conclusion uh, so that we don't have wars breaking out in Europe or we don't have this going on for 50 years. Uh, and that's pretty much what I've been. People said, oh, he said Vladimir Putin's a bad guy. So that must be a change because wouldn't he if Putin's bad, don't you have to support a never ending blank check? No, there's a different question between Putin being a bad guy, which he is. Russia being the aggressor, which they are, but then our national interests and the risks of us getting enmeshed in this. I'm the only guy running that's actually put on the uniform. I was in Iraq at a time where you know things weren't great in places like Fallujah and Ramadi, and I'm very uh, conscious and sensitive to doing things where there's not a clear mission where we don't know what exactly we're trying to accomplish. Biden is still not articulated, he just says, as long, as long as it takes. So as president, my goal would be to end it, not to escalate it. Uh, I think we can do that, but you're going to have to use other levers that Biden has not been willing to do, for example, on the energy. He is basically funding both sides of the conflict. Correct. Our energy policy helps Russia, helps Iran. He gave $6 billion to Iran just now. Iran is helping Russia in the conflict. China is helping Russia in the conflict. And then people will sometimes say, well, um, you know, because the borderland between Russia and Ukraine, like why, why should America care? And so what the D.C. people will say is, well, China is watching this. They're, they're going to see and that may cause them what they do with Taiwan. I actually think what China wants, they want to see a long protracted quagmire because mm-hmm. We're running low on ammunition in the West. 
Stockpiles are diminishing. Uh, Russia, if they're in it, Russia will get weakened too. But China wants a weak Russia because that means Russia's a client state of China. Because, yep. you know, China and Russia, they, they get along, but then they don't or whatever. This China would be, or, or Russia would be dependent on China in that situation. So I think it's in our interest for this to come to an end as expeditiously as possible. Okay, so let me play one more clip uh, because... You know, running a state is different than having the CIA, NSA, you know, the Department of Justice, all deep state players. So I asked him about the deep state. The problem that um, people might have with you coming from a governorship, running against a guy who's already seen the deep state, um, you're coming in, you don't have in Florida the problem with the NSA, CIA, and five eyes and everything else that are all pretty much in lockstep. We know now that the CIA actually bribed, I think it's six of their experts out of seven, bribed them to say, no, this didn't come from Wuhan. This didn't come from the lab. No, I'm Six out of the seven said it was lab. One said it was natural. The CIA, for some reason, bribed them. You, you have, I mean, you know, I'm reading this book about JFK and the assassination. And, and it, it's not making the connection to the assassination, but it is talking about how tough he was coming in on the military-industrial complex, uh, the way we were fighting the Cold War. He disagreed with it, and he told everybody. And, um, you know, he didn't, he didn't fare well. <laughs> well, listen, um, what I'd say is a couple things. I mean, you know, we've staked out positions. I mean, for example, the uh, former president said the jury's still out on Christopher Ray as FBI director. For me, it's not still out. He's gone on day one. That's a guarantee. Uh, we will have a new director of the FBI. We will also use our authorities uh, to hold people accountable, particularly in the national security sphere. I mean, I'm not a, I don't uh, concede that the president can't fire people in the civil service. I, I think you can. I think you got to be smart about how you do it. Uh, but certainly in the national security realm, everyone acknowledges there's broad authority there. You've got to be willing to take action. You've got to have people that are going to go in there um, who are not going to be co-opted uh, by what's going on. And that is really you got to be smart all that, but you just got to have that backbone because you know if you go in there, the buzzsaw is coming after you. Uh, the media is going to come after you. The bureaucracy is going to come after you. All but here's it. the thing. Do we govern ourselves or not? And if we govern ourselves, then we can't take it anymore. Uh, we've got to change the way things are going. We can't have a fourth branch of government uh, that acts really regardless of the outcome of elections. Mm -hmm. And um, and so we're either going to step up and do the job um, or we're not going to do the job. You know, I've been active duty military. I've dealt with all these agencies on the ground level. Uh, I was a U.S. congressman, was the uh, National Security Subcommittee chairman. I did oversight over them. So I've got a good idea, you know, of kind of what we're what we're walking into. And we will have uh, a good plan on day one because you can't wait. You got to be ready day one. All your people got to be lined up. All the executive orders you're going to do, everything's got to be ready to go. That? And you do. Have you done that? So we have, um, I would say we probably have 
probably about half of what we would do in terms of broad executive orders. We're going to do more as the years go on, of course. And then we are going to be doing the personnel, not just like who your attorney general is. That's obviously important. But you need two or three levels down yes. in all these areas. So we're going to do that. And then we're going to be rolling out our uh, kind of way to uh, slay the administrative state. I've talked about it a little bit, but we're going to put it out um, and do an event where we kind of list all the different levers that are available for you to push. There are levers. Now, look, they're going to fight back. They're going to sue you. It's not like everyone's just going to lay down. But there are a lot of levers that Republican presidents have not been willing to push uh, because I think a lot of them come in thinking that they can win these people over uh, or hope that they can win these people over. And you can't. You just got to understand they have accumulated power. They're not going to give it back willingly. And what's happening in terms of the weaponization of this federal power, the founding fathers would have predicted this. When you have power accumulate without constitutional accountability, human nature being what it is, they are going to abuse their power. That's just the reality. So we've got to bring the constitutional accountability back. I have to tell you, I've interviewed, I think I've interviewed all of the candidates. Um, Donald Trump still has not uh, come in for an interview, but I've gone to him before he was running officially, et cetera, et cetera. And so I've interviewed him several times. I think we have a great slate to pick from. Uh, I talked to Ron DeSantis about, you know, the infighting between, you know, each each side and you know, the mean tweets and everything else. And, uh, you know, there is a difference between all of the candidates. But I got news for you. Uh, the the top three or four, I, I've got a favorite here or there, but I'd vote for any of them. I'd support any of them. Um, we have a really good slate. Uh, uh, Donald Trump is way ahead. Um, and we talk about that in the podcast with Ron DeSantis. I hope to get uh, Donald Trump in for uh, an interview. And the Blaze is working on uh, some other things, seeing that the GOP hates our guts. And I wear that as a badge of honor. Uh, we are working on some other things, uh, much like what, what we uh, covered in uh, Iowa. So you will be able to hear the candidates in a reasonable forum, uh, not this dog and pony show that, uh, you know, NBC and Fox News are going to do. They're actually thinking about going over to CNN, too, for some reason. I don't know why. Nobody watches them. But anyway, I digress. Our sponsor this half hour is uh, Mantis X. If you're a shooter, I don't know if you've noticed ammo price. Ammo prices, yeah, they're a little bit higher than they uh, used to be. You are literally blowing holes through $20 bills every time you go and shoot at the range. Now, maybe you don't mind that. I do. I, it bothers me because I also know that ammunition is something that, you know, especially if we go to war, it's going to be very hard to get your hands on. Uh, and I want to make sure I can protect my family and and also, you know, feed my family if I have to and go out and hunt. Listen, the best way to keep your skills is with Mantis X. It is like having a Marine drill sergeant right next to you. Put a device onto your uh, barrel of your gun, whether you're dry firing or you're shooting, you know, uh, at the range. It'll tell you exactly what to do next and how to fix it. Start improving today. MantisX.com. That's MantisX.com. 
Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. Hello, you sick, twisted freak. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for watching and listening this week. Again, our great podcast that comes out tomorrow everywhere with Ron DeSantis, episode 195. Uh, We also did a great show on what's coming in schools and what parents and teachers need to do to prepare. We show you it's happening in California. Check them out. 